Hello lab experts, welcome to the Rock Diagnostics Podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything medical laboratory science in Africa and around the world. In today's episode, we sit down with Linda Oskam and Tiert Tatema, laboratory advisors that have had the opportunity to work worldwide with governments, medical laboratories, and NGOs in the area of laboratory strengthening. We're going to talk a little bit about that experience, what they have learned working in Asia, Africa, Latin America, and other places. And they'll give us their perspective on how laboratories need to move. Hello, Tiard. Hello, Linda. Welcome to the Rock Diagnostics Podcast. How are you doing today? I think we're both doing uh, very well. Absolutely. Yeah. End of the week, nearly weekend, always nice. Oh, yeah, true. Weekend is always nice. <laughs> well, we'll start by talking a little bit about laboratory network uh, strengthening. One question I had uh, for those who might be interested but who don't necessarily know what laboratory network strengthening is, uh, what, what is it exactly? Okay, what is laboratory network strengthening? Well, no laboratory can, can work on its own, can do everything on its own. So the idea is that net, uh, laboratories function in uh, networks with, uh, with tiers. So you have very simple laboratories and then and let's say community health laboratories. Then you have the district laboratories, maybe the provincial laboratories, and then you have the national laboratories. And the complexity and the uh, a number of tests that can be performed, different types of tests, actually increases as you go up in the uh, pyramid. And by working together, you can actually uh, uh, make sure that every uh, uh, test in the country can be done at the appropriate uh, level. And it's important to have a network because most tests, uh, complex tests can be done at the, at the top, but most patients are actually seen at the bottom. Uh, most patients come in at the community health uh, 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 centers and if they have more complex uh, diagnostic needs, then you actually need to have a system that makes sure uh, uh, that you can uh, move your sample up in uh, the pyramid. So you need also a sample referral system and a data referral system, the samples going up and the data going down uh, in the network. And there are many other advantages to having a, a, a proper network uh, in the country, which we can discuss. That actually sounds a bit hard to manage though. Samples going up, data going down. How are those systems arranged to be able to manage that? Especially, say, in countries where there may be problems with electricity or there may be problems with data, or even in some cases, transport. Yeah, I think the, the, the transport is where it really starts. I mean, the first thing you need to do is uh, to design uh, a, a system. And there are many, uh, like normal things, like people use cars or people use motorbikes, for example, Riders for Health, which you have in many. African uh, uh, countries, um, but nowadays there, it's also possible, for example, to involve the postal services, as long as the people who transport it get specific training for transporting infectious uh, samples, then mm -hmm. you can also use postal services, for example. But there are also very uh, innovative new uh, uh, initiatives, uh, like in Malawi, they are using uh, drones. And I okay. seem to remember Nafaso was also working with drones, but I'm not completely sure about that. But I'm sure about Malawi that they uh, that they use drones. So there are many different ways in which you can uh, do this. And regarding uh, a data transfer, uh, I mean, I agree that it, it might be uh, a challenge, but we also see that in Africa, especially in Africa, the connectivity is getting better very, very rapidly. 
not only uh, through internet, but especially mobile phones, of course. I mean, and there are many ways in which you can develop apps, for example, for mobile phones, also for, for data exchange. Of course, yeah. it's a bit uh, a question of privacy and, and, and uh, data protection, but it is possible to uh, communicate very quickly uh, with each other nowadays. So would you say that laboratory, uh, laboratory strengthening is particularly important for, let's say, specialization to help with- Like a specific disease you mean, or? Uh, not necessarily specific disease, but like you said, what's happening is at some levels, you may have samples being moved, let's say to another laboratory, maybe because the laboratory is better suited in order to carry out the testing. Yeah. Or what's I think the yeah, it, it depends really on the, um, so, so all these uh, things that we talk about, all the different aspects of laboratory network strengthening, uh, start by looking at, uh, at the situation in the country. Uh, well, if you talk about sample referral, what is the landscape and everything, uh, but also indeed, uh, which type of testing is performed at which laboratory, at which uh, level or tier of the laboratory network. So, um, yeah, if you talk about uh, referring, setting up sample referral system, you need to look at, at, at which laboratory uh, does which test and what is the most logical um, yeah, sample referral algorithm that you can follow. Yeah, but I think there's, and also there's more to a network actually. It can, you can also use it, for example, for setting up a good supply chain uh, 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 system or for uh, external quality uh, assessments where actually the higher tier laboratories help the lower tier uh, laboratories, uh, for example, with ordering of, and, and getting materials or with uh, support and, and, and training and things like that. So a network actually ensures that all laboratories can uh, gain advantage from, uh, from improvements and not only the laboratories at the top, which get often all the international training and things like that. It's quite a versatile topic. It's a laboratory network strengthening involves a lot of different types of activities, uh, different aspects of uh, yeah. the interactions between different laboratories in the country. Yeah, so yeah. it's not only specialization, but it's also generalization in a sense. So it works both yeah, ways. True. Yeah, yeah, it has, yeah, actually it has to go both ways, yes. Now, as you mean, there's someone who's watching this, say, from a government somewhere in Africa or Asia or another continent that's thinking that there might be a need for reinforcements in this area. So what you're essentially saying is, depending on the country, where the work starts might actually differ. It's not necessarily go always going to start from the same point where, but an assessment essentially has to be done first. Well, I think, uh, the. I mean, the first step, if you want to uh, strengthen the laboratory network or a laboratory system in a, in a country, is actually indeed uh, looking at what at what's there. And there are different uh, tools around. Uh, very uh, good one is the the LabNet scorecard. Uh, this is an assessment tool that was uh, developed specifically to assess laboratory networks and uh, assess all the different. Uh, functions of a laboratory network and the outcome you get is a very nice overview of what are the strengths and weaknesses of a laboratory network in a specific country. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a very good basis to uh, start uh, formulating or identifying um, yeah. Yeah, interventions uh, for improving uh, those, those aspects of laboratory uh, network that are most urgent.
and it actually already contains uh, some guidance on what you should improve in order to go to the next uh, stage. Yeah. And uh, actually the LabNet scorecard um, uh, was developed and is uh, owned by uh, African Society of Laboratory Medicine. Yeah, I mean, the African, laboratory, uh, African Society of Laboratory Medicine is really a very good source for ever, anybody in, in Africa working in laboratory sciences. Yeah. All the way from publications to tools to training, everything. Yeah, aside yeah. from this lab scorecard, they have also different uh, other tools. Uh, that they, they have the lab map uh, where they, they uh, well, they map the watching network uh, geographically, uh, but also the diagnostic network optimization tool. Um, so they have the whole library of tools that can uh, assist countries with strengthening the watching networks and systems. Specifically yeah. in Africa. And actually, ASLM, uh, actually, two weeks' time, I'll be in Zimbabwe. We're going to roll out for ASLM, or actually, ASLM is going to roll out, I have to say, uh, the LabNet Lead uh, course, which is a course for um, the leaders of the laboratory services um, to also help them improve the network and um, to also give them the essential management skills to be able to, to lead that process. She's getting dark rapidly on your side again. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the problems we have in Africa, electricity. Yeah. Uh, usually it's when you need it the most that it disappears. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so are there some lab networks that you've been particularly inspired by over the years that you've, let's say, toured different continents? Yeah, actually it's, well, for me, it's it's um, it's quite a long time ago. It's uh, about ten years ago. It's actually in uh, in Benin, uh, oh. a TB laboratory network that we had to assess uh, in in 2010. Yeah. Even uh, twelve years ago already. Yeah. Uh, for me, this was also this was one of the first uh, lab network assessments that I did actually in my career. But um, I must say that this. Yeah, this, this was really a strong network uh, where they really made use of the opportunities that uh, a network offers to assist laboratories improve their performance. So, um, you know, they, they had this, this supervision system where, uh, as Linda said, the laboratories in higher tiers of the network assisted laboratories in lower tiers. So the National TB Reference Laboratory assisted the district laboratories. District laboratories supported uh, the, the health center laboratories. Um, they they uh, had their uh, resource uh, distribution uh, as, uh, centralized, if I remember well. Uh, the NTRL was responsible for uh, making sure that all these laboratories had all the, uh, the reagents necessary to conduct uh, the TB testing. Um, uh, EQA, uh, the NTRL also uh, circulated EQA panels, if I remember correctly. Was, well. uh, uh, they did the rechecking, yeah, uh, yeah, the rechecking. Yeah. So they went, uh, the, 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 the staff from the NTRL went into the, the country uh, every three or four months, I, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, to provide support, supervision and rechecking of samples uh, at, at district laboratories. And those laboratories did it to the, uh, the, the health center labs uh, in the country. So, and, and, it, and it really worked nicely, actually. It was really a good system. Yeah. What, what would of course be nice is, is, I mean, this is a vertical program, of course, focusing on uh, on tuberculosis. But 
yeah, what would be nice, of course, to to if it would be possible to expand those strengths of that of that network to a more general laboratory network, uh, a public laboratory network, in a sense. Yeah. And of course, Benin has the advantage that it's a relatively small country, and that it's also geographically it's not too difficult. It's not like there are enormous mountain ranges in between the north and the south, or. Yeah. or anything so that actually made it relatively uh, simple i think we were talking about 64 at that time tb laboratories if i remember correctly yeah so that is manageable i mean if you do the same in nigeria it's a, it's a bit different uh, more complex yeah and i think right now in benin it might also all things are also slightly easier these days because the roads are also a lot better probably than what you saw when when you came back then. Actually, I was going through the website and I remember I remember seeing the picture of the tuberculosis uh, national lab on one of the on one of the pictures down there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. 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 What other yeah, African one, countries? Yeah. What are what other African countries have you like worked in? Who? Uh, how many would you want to hear? <laughs> Which ones not? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we worked in uh, okay South Africa, Mozambique, Botswana. I'm going to Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe shortly. Zimbabwe. Uh, I'm going from South to North Malawi, Zambia, Mozambique. Uh, um, Mozambique I'm not sure where they are. Tanzania, Kenya, Ethiopia, Sudan, Uganda, uh, Rwanda, uh, Cameroon, Nigeria, Benin, uh, Sierra Leone, uh, Mali. Liberia, uh, Egypt. Uh, Liberia, Egypt, quite a few. You have seen a lot more African countries than I have. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with the job, yeah. Yeah, and so I guess in most cases, you're when you're doing that, it's mostly in, with the help of national governments, like you're working in cooperation with national governments for the most part. Well, it actually varies. Um, okay. So. I mean, our activities are really from uh, from assisting national governments indeed with uh, with uh, national laboratory policies and strategic uh, plan development, uh, conducting complete laboratory network and system assessments, uh, but also assisting individual laboratories uh, with the implementation of a quality management system, improving their biosafety, and basically everything in between. Yeah, so, tra training groups of people, and sometimes they are from the whole country or from multiple countries. But sometimes they are only from one or two institutes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it that depends. really depends on the assignment, indeed. Yeah. 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 So when we take medical laboratory science, I don't know about all the countries, but I know in some countries, say Nigeria, Benin, Ghana, Togo, I've spoken with some scientists who, in some cases, how will I put that? say that they would like their system to be a lot more integrated but they're not necessarily sure about how to they're not necessarily sure how to go about it to ensure that that happens like if there are people in that um in that situation that are watching this what would you say would be some steps they would need that they could take even at their lower levels to try and ensure that that happens I think it always starts at the top, actually. I mean, the, the political, the, the Ministry of Health is often the driver of these kind of uh, uh, processes. Also, yeah. because you need to have some kind of a regulatory system in place and everything. So if you don't have a, a, a good policy and a good strategic plan, then it's very difficult for individual laboratories 
to start changing the whole uh, uh, the whole system. We really have to work together uh, uh, for this, and ideally even with. Uh, under the one health concept so that you also include the veterinarian the agriculture yeah. and the food safety and the environment uh, uh, laboratories if they are there in the country so yeah, yeah individual country individual laboratories at the lower levels i think that's difficult yeah what I'm, I'm, I'm just on the top of my mind i would say what they can do is, is you know try to uh, form uh, collaborations as in uh, or form a yeah, a, a group, an advocacy group, to yeah. try to convince the government to initiate uh, more, more, you know, national planning, yeah. uh, and on on these topics. Yeah, and it's actually an activity which I'm uh, currently performing with Amabiot, uh, the Association of Malinese Biotechnologists, for actually making, which is a professional organization of laboratory uh, staff, uh, Mali wide. And they are actually making a strategic plan where they're going to decide what are we going to do in the next three to five years. And that is a very good way uh, to organize yourself as laboratory uh, workers. And then if you make a strategic plan to get your act uh, 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 together and to professionalize uh, 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 your organization and, and professionalize the, the, yeah, the job, the laboratory uh, uh, workers job in essence, and make sure that you get, uh, that you have better, uh, 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 yeah, better leverage with the governments to improve the situation of the laboratories. Yeah. Okay, so one quick last question. Uh, according to you, what do you think, what does the future of laboratory strengthening look like in some of the countries you've worked in? Well, I think, um, well, it's difficult to say uh, for, 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 for a specific country, but uh, what we see happening, and uh, that's also, of course, uh, uh, partly caused by the, the COVID-19 pandemic is that uh, it becomes much clearer that, uh, that, that only strengthening of laboratory facilities is, uh, is, is, is only just a part of the, of the job. Uh, it becomes much more important or it is much more important uh, to focus on strengthening complete laboratory networks and systems in the country as we talked about, um, especially in, uh, yeah, the, I mean, it makes a lot of things possible, the, 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 the sharing of resources, the centralized uh, distribution. Um, uh, so I think the, the, the focus now shifts more to, um, to uh, laboratory systems and network strengthening. And one example is um, a, a guidance document that was uh, launched uh, last year in November. Uh, by Africa CDC in, uh, in ASLM, the African Society for Laboratory Medicine, they launched the guidance for establishing a national laboratory quality framework, uh, which is really uh, the next step in uh, advancing quality management system implementation uh, by laboratories in Africa. Up to uh, over the past 10, 15 years, um, tools like uh, the SLAMTA and SLIPTA, these are lab strengthening tools that assist laboratories with implementation of a quality management system. They assist individual laboratories. They are tool these are tools that individual laboratories can use and uh, they work uh, They work well, but what you see is that those laboratories that use those tools, uh, now the light has come up, the laboratories that use those tools are able to implement the quality management system, but it's very difficult for them to maintain it or to continuously improve it without support from uh, a laboratory system and a laboratory network. Uh, for example, they can't maintain their equipment because the equipment maintenance capacity in a country is, is, uh, is not there uh, or is very limited. 
And that is, of course, one of the elements that's needed for you know, sustaining a quality management system. And now the next step that Africa CDC and ASLM are taking is to really take a country-wide approach, uh, also, also again through uh, the government, to start building uh, a quality, a laboratory quality infrastructure in the country that uh, can support individual laboratories in that country with the implementation of a quality management system using, for example, SLIPTA, uh, SLAMTA, but also other tools uh, available. Of course, one of the good things is that at the moment there is a lot of attention for laboratory sciences. We were always kind of dangling somewhere on the side, but now with uh, with the COVID pandemic, people all of a sudden realize how important laboratory testing is. I mean, we don't have to expl explain what laboratories do uh, anymore at uh, anniversary parties because all of a sudden everybody is talking about RT-PCR like they've done their whole life and, and, and yeah. uh, all kinds of these uh, things. So. This is, a, this is really momentum which we as a laboratory world, as the laboratory community, need to take advantage of. If we don't do it now, in two, three years, it will be gone. Yeah, but yeah, going to that point, uh, talking about this momentum, it seems like uh, maybe especially in countries down here, we tend to get that sort of momentum whenever there's a big event, let's say there's a pandemic. So we had that, for example, with Ebola, in 2014, 2015, and then this time around with COVID, do we, how do we ensure that we maintain that rather than waiting for these catastrophic events to happen and then rushing to try and meet up with the needs? I think that that is where something like this National Laboratory Quality Framework comes in. If you have your policies in place, if you have your uh, uh, strategic plans in place, if you have your quality uh, a framework in place, it's much easier to build a system uh, on top of that. And that's actually also what you saw with COVID, what you saw happening, is that uh, the PCR, PCRs which had to be uh, uh, performed were initially done in HIV laboratories and in, in, in TB laboratories because they had the infrastructure. And uh, another important thing is that we have to learn from the current crisis and the World Health Organization has actually now made guidelines for what's called intra-action review and after-action review, which means that you look at, okay, what is going well uh, at the moment? What is not going well? How can we improve that? And after-action review is, okay, how did we handle the crisis? What can we learn uh, from it? And what do we have to have in place for the next crisis? Because otherwise you're constantly uh, uh, trying to reinvent uh, the wheel. And of course, it makes a difference whether you are in Sierra Leone, which has a relatively humble uh, uh, laboratory uh, infrastructure and where actually half of the laboratory uh, workers that were trained died during the Ebola um, <laughs> epidemic. That doesn't help either. Or whether something like that happens in, uh, in South Africa, where the, the system is much, uh, uh, much stronger. But if you don't learn from the current crisis, you'll have to start all over again when the next crisis uh, uh, comes up. So it's a combination of having your uh, infrastructure, having a strong laboratory infrastructure, quality-wise and otherwise uh, organizational, and learning from the current uh, uh, crisis to further improve your system. Yeah, yeah, and to keep the momentum. It's yeah. I mean, it's a very difficult question, and uh, it's easier said than done. Of course, the advocacy showcasing uh, the the you know what you achieved. With the current momentum and uh yeah yeah 
Yeah. Now, I think advocacy is something that laboratory workers are not very good at necessarily. Yeah. But it's something which is important. I mean, I always, when I give a training, I always say we're very comfortable in doing this, looking through a microscope, but we're very uncomfortable doing this, reaching out to the world. And I think it's important that we also realize that we have to reach out to the world and that we yeah. have to showcase how important uh, we are as a uh, laboratory community. And I think yeah, that, that is really, I mean, COVID probably even more than uh, 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 Ebola, because Ebola was such a, 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 a crisis with bleeding people and, and people dying on the, uh, uh, in the streets and things like that. And with COVID, because it's a bit more prolonged also, uh, but you see how important laboratory services are. And we really yeah. have to grab the momentum and we have to reach out even when we feel uncomfortable doing that. Interestingly, I think one of the effects of COVID has also been somehow, I don't, I'm not really exactly sure why, but one of the effects has also been to push medical laboratory science scientists a bit more out of the lab and into the world and becoming yeah. a lot more vocal. Like I'm seeing it when I look around, I see it a lot more often. I'm seeing more and more people like writing blogs, getting involved and in making podcasts, getting involved in actually trying to talk a little bit more about medical laboratory science. So I think yeah. with time, I think it's going to get a little bit better and better. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what also what, I, what I've been trying to achieve over the last 30 years. So uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely hope that that will be the case. Yeah, and it makes the course easier also that uh, now on, on uh, well, a global scale, everybody knows the value of laboratories and uh, laboratory yeah. scientists much more. And they know more about labs as well. As Linda said, now suddenly uh, uh, somebody at the, at the, at the birthday is uh, starting to talk about RT-PCR. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's something totally different compared to three years ago then. You actually see it with yeah. the Olympics now where uh, people start discussing yeah. CT values. Yeah. Nobody had the foggiest idea what the CT value was half a year ago. And all of a sudden it's yeah. like, yeah, this person, oh, maybe she can join, maybe she cannot join because she has a borderline CT value. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> so that's that's very interesting, but that's that's really helpful. Yeah, and the dis yeah, and you see that the distance between the you know the technical knowledge of the lab scientist and the the general knowledge of the public has come closer. Uh, the distance has decreased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and which makes right. it of course easier to uh, to talk and to communicate. Yeah. All right, Linda, here. Thanks a lot for spending the time with us today. I'm sure those who watched learned a whole lot. And uh, any last words? Yeah, well, I mean, we're very happy to uh, uh, to work in, in, in Africa and with uh, African people. We see that uh, with the African laboratory communities. We say they are very, we see they are very motivated. They work in very difficult uh, circumstances. But I mean, in essence, what I want to say, just keep up the good work and we'll keep supporting you uh, wherever we can. Yeah. Thanks a I'll lot. second that. <laughs> All okay. right. See you next time. Yeah. See you next yeah. time. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you, Robertson. Thank you. Yeah.